Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. The state, and I know I'm a slave. We can make a break, break the power, break the power. Hello, welcome to the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast. I am Otto, and tonight I'm joined with Jared Schneiderman. Hey, guys. Alex Schlegel. Hey, good to be back on Facebook. <laughs> oh, boy. Is it, though? Shit, you shouldn't have said that, damn it, the algorithms. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm Facebook. also joined tonight with the status Lorax himself, Kyle <laughs> Wagner. <laughs> Hey, everybody. He speaks for the state, all right? <laughs> Here's the state. <laughs> and uh, special guest, Scott Spaulding. What's up? So, what's going on tonight, guys? We're, uh, we're, I'm feeling the pain, man. I'm so fucking beat from this Leap Forward shit. I hate daylight savings time. You're I know, I know it? it's our. I'm it just beat and like it just it ruins my fucking kids sleep it ruins my sleep even like spring everyone thinks oh it's fine but like no even in kids kids are very used to certain types of 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 ways of doing things so they, they wake up they're gonna wake up whenever they wake up and it's, it's just it's a nightmare it's just a nightmare I'm not gonna go and but I, I know no one wants to, to hear about this but it's uh, I, I hate the government I, I, I don't and, know uh, I like daylight savings time. I don't like standard time. I just want to stay on daylight savings time. Yeah. So like we're going Whatever. on to day- daylight savings. Yeah. It feels like just pick one, right? Yes. I don't care what the fuck it is. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like, I don't lives. like falling back. Falling back yeah. sucks. Yeah, I think How- there's actually a bill out there to that do exactly that. We're just the next daylight savings com- comes around. You can, I, who knows if they'll pass it or not that, but, uh, but just yeah, they, that's, like you can just it'll next daylight savings it'll just stay that way. How would we keep that like federal? Is that is that federal? Is that federally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it gets like introduced every year, but it goes nowhere because like some weird, ridiculous people resist it. Hmm. The farming industry. Yeah, like some some <laughs> some of the western states. But they don't even care anymore. They don't like it's all factory farming, anyways. It's not like. Yeah, and what difference does it make? Yeah. Just get up an hour earlier. If you if you yeah. if you love it so much, just do it. Yeah, right. Stop making <laughs> all of us follow your bullshit. It's so antiquated. It goes back yeah. like it like passed when it was like yeah. World War One. Yeah, Goddamn every public, damn stupid thing ties public back to schools, wars. public schools, and wars, <laughs> government indoctrination camps. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, fuck <laughs> him. Sunshine Protection Act of 2021 reintroduced wow. in the Senate yesterday uh, on Tuesday. What really has a lot of bipartisan support. <laughs> I thought Trump Just was like, going to do it. I thought Trump was going to abolish it because he didn't. He make some comments that this was stupid. He would have won. He did. He would have won just on that. Yeah, he also <laughs> said he was going to end the wars. So yeah, yeah. yeah, where's that? Guys, trust the plan. <laughs> I know, yeah. How many days are we? Just everyone, just like, set your clocks back to what they April, were yesterday, and April Donald 1st. Trump is still president. <laughs> yeah, April first. It's going to happen. April first. Oh, it's got moved. It got moved to April first. It was yes. March sixth, and then it's okay. the ah, April the Fool's Day, huh? Yeah. Okay, so our, oh, we were we were t- we're now a year into two weeks to sl- uh, stop the spread. How many how many how many years are they going to be into the Q trust the plan shit before they give up on it? <laughs> I don't some know. guys, some some guys going to be on his like deathbed, like son trust the plan like seven day adventist that's what it is it's like seven day adventist man they believe like every week or so this uh, the world's gonna end yeah it's fucking it's it's embarrassing i can't believe there's so people on that shit yeah but anyway i digress yeah. so scott uh you i brought you on uh, i wanted to talk to you uh, about this podcast you're doing now um so do you want to tell us a little bit about it? What I, we see you're underneath your name right there, your your Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just I've, I've got about uh, ten episodes out now. It's the idea was basically you know, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of anti-war podcasts, a lot of libertarian podcasts. But like one thing is you bump against, you share a podcast with somebody, and if it's like more than twenty minutes, they're not going to listen to it probably. Or you know, there's a good chance they're going to. Eh, I don't know. People aren't are like hesitant to try new things. And then there's so many like people that are just, like you've already got there's already a Scott Horton out there who needs Scott Spaulding. You know what I mean? Like 
he can do i need scott spaulding okay <laughs> he can do like all the these are the reasons these are the facts the, the you know the insight but like we friggin' autists out there can't pers- we're not going to win people over just by like spouting the number of casualties of every war at somebody until they change their mind you know so i started thinking and, and honestly i was afraid that i wasn't like the best person to do it but it's working all right just wanting to talk to people about like how they came to be anti-war, whether it was like a song of like anything, like not, not just like not a pivotal moment, not like everything changed in this one moment, but like, you know, I, I, I listened to this song and it just like, you know, I listened to masters of war by Bob Dylan and it kind of was like, ah, oh, you know, that, that kind of makes me think, or, you know what I mean? It makes me feel a little differently. So I started one, I did a few of my own and then I got Scott Horton on, which was huge for me. Um, his bit was George, uh, George Carlin, uh, the jamming was what he said, kind of got him first to think differently, which was pretty cool. Um, and I've got, let's see, Adam Kokesh in the can, a guy named Garrett Reppenhagen, uh, the head of vets for peace, this cool dude. Um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, it goes by op libertas on Twitter though. He's a former green beret who was in Syria. He's got a lot of stories actually. He's going to be back on a few times with some crazy stuff that went on in Syria um so it's just kind of like whether it's something that happened whether you were there whether you saw it on the news or whatever that made you like be like oh damn these are stupid and these shouldn't happen you know what i mean made you feel different or whatever it was so if anybody wants to share like anything a song you dig that makes you like hate war then let me know you know what i mean oh i got a bunch man yeah you got the you got the whole spotify going on that's uh pretty dope um You got the playlist going on there, right? Yeah, I made a that, – that's what I've been doing too on Twitter, and people are digging it is I've been uh, just like putting out there, what's your favorite anti-war song? And I get like 500 responses, and then I add them to a playlist, and then like what's your favorite book, what's your favorite movie, you know, just to kind of get people that's talking cool about. Yeah. What's the name of the uh, the playlist? Uh, oof. <laughs> uh, let me get back to you on that one. I'll send you – All right. Yeah, we'll put that yeah. in the notes. How did you get into this uh, line of work or how did you become anti-war yourself? Uh, So, yeah, it was it was a bit of a process. I was I was a slow learner. (laughs) Um, I was a Marine for 14 years. I went in in 2004, um, went to Fallujah in actually uh, I went in in 2000, went to boot camp 2003, February 2003. Uh, Fallujah in 2004 and then Iraq again in 06 and Afghanistan again in 2009. And each time I got a little more like, you know, first I started just hating the Marine Corps and thinking the Marine Corps was a little screwed up and then thinking I could fix it. Like, uh, I used to say that we were like, Marines are all you know, like, like battered wives, battered wives syndrome. Like, I think I can make him better. He'll come, he'll get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like by like the fourth deployment, I was just like trying to, the weird part for me was I had this job where I was actually supposed to be fixing the things they screwed up. So my whole job, it was called civil affairs is like, Oh, well you blew up a, a, a school. Like I'm the one that has the bag of money and can pay to build a new school. So like for a long time, I thought I was, and, I, and my dad was like, just don't blow up the school next time. Try not to do that. You know? Um, so I was like the one that was trying to make things better. Um, so that kind of kept me in it. Cause I was like, well, this is all stupid, but at least I'm trying to fix things. And then, the final like there were you know a million different things even before there were things that primed the pump like just liking certain music some movies and stuff um i I think i did an episode on uh masters of war kind of by bob dylan got me uh, a little bit thinking about things and then um smedley butler's war is a racket got me thinking at least and then um the final straw was actually a tom woods uh a, a a, a lecture he gave so, at some point in the past that I kind of came across. And it just was like, it was like the war. It was called like war is big government's best friend. And it actually wasn't so much all the facts and reasons why a conservative should hate war. It was, um, he read, uh, a segment of an essay by Erasmus and it was talking about, and it was just like 500 years ago and all the same things that suck about war and all the things that are great about peace, like how much better it is not to be killing and destroying things. And it just like, that was like the, the click where it was just like everything from there was downhill. But, but I kind of had the pump primed for a long time. So that's, and then I got out of the Marine Corps and started doing other things. So and took another five years to start doing the podcast and like get active. Yeah. So, so firsthand experience, I mean, that's, 
you know, interesting. It's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, um, most of the people I've had on so far, and I kind of, I'm, I'm afraid, like, uh, of, of getting to, like, it's all been, it's been almost, actually, every guest I've had, aside from Scott Horton, has been a vet so far. So it's been, like, uh, Adam Kokesh, like I said, Adam Kokesh, um, Garrett Rappenhagen. It's all people that have, like, seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hoping to get some more people, like, you know, it should be the default setting for everyone to be like at least war skeptic. Like, come on, it's how, how hard is it? Like, peace is preferable to war. So, like, really, it could be anyone that just like if there's a reason you think like. So I'm trying to get some more people and reach out to some folks that aren't necessarily the veteran anti-war community. It's a good place to start, but I don't want to pigeon. And also, most of the people I talked to have been libertarians so far. I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of want it to be. Hey, you know, here's your school teacher's reason for being anti-war. Here's your here's your friend down the street. Here's your pastor, your religious reasons to be anti-war, whatever it is, like kind of anything that from any every walk of life. So it can be something oh, yeah. to change something will talk, you know, change everyone's mind. Yeah. Not, not all veterans go in that direction. You know, I've, I, that was something I was always interested in. I was like, does this happen to all of them? And, and some of them, it doesn't. They, they do not have any kind of a realization that this is a, you know, very destructive um, kind of thing. And they just never sort of come around, you know, so uh, which is interesting. But other ones do. Other ones are like, oh, my gosh, uh, this is this is not good. You know, and, and then they become very vocal like Adam Kokesh. You know, even like Alex here and like mm-hmm. yourself become yeah. a vocally anti-war. I think that's great. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I recall it. And I don't know if you're experienced, Scott, but I think one one thing is how you came into the military prior. So can you talk can you talk about that? Like, what were you doing prior to thought like, hey, you know what? I'm going to join the Marines. That sounds so, like a great idea. So me, it was kind of ridiculous. I was I was as gung ho as it could be. I was I, I, I should you not like. I was probably more of the kid that people were like, what's wrong with that kid? And that sitting in the back of class kind of than, you know, kind of an unhealthy obsession with joining the Marine Corps. I, I was like, I grew up like constant, pretty basic constitutional conservative, like family. And I, and you know, like kind of rebuffing some and hating commies a little bit, even though that was like, it was 2002 and there weren't any commies left, you know, <laughs> but, uh, well, you would have thought in 2002 there weren't. And, you know, things have developed since then but i um so i was like really kind of ridiculous i mean i i kid you not i was i would every night take an ar-15 apart um blindfolded and put it back together again and time myself you know what i mean like i read the books about boot camp i read every book about the marine corps i could get my hands on i was like working out to get ready like i was I was as gung ho as you could get. And so I think part of the problem, part of it for me was I, I was let down by the reality. Like there was a good chunk of just being like, yeah, you know, my first deployment, I had a really good boss, which helped things. But my second deployment, I was like, God, I, my CEO, the, the Colonel, full word Colonel, he was, a, he was in the New York police department too. He was dumber than a bot. My, 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 my team leader <laughs> for my first deployment had the first meeting the new commander came on and we had the, i had this captain and he came he went up to the this new meeting with the new colonel and he came down from the meeting he was like don't deploy in the next deployment get out of this unit get out of here this man is dumber than a box of hammers <laughs> and, and and i kid you not the guy he lost his pistol um which like for a lower wow. ranking and that's one of the things that always i, I have a weird like egalitarian streak like like as much as I'm a libertarian, like the fact that like an officer can lose their pistol and nothing bad happens to them, uh, as, you know, a person in my rank, a corporal loses a pistol, they're over, they're done. And that always just drove me crazy that there was like this disparity and like, well, you know, if you're not important, you know, but um, he lost his pistol. I remember he, he had never been inside a Humvee. He was a colonel, like he'd been in for 20 plus years and I had to drive him somewhere because he, he had been at this point. I, this was while we were in Iraq and I had to drive him somewhere and he, and they had these, um, these, uh, an SUV for like VI colonels and above could drive around in an air conditioned SUV, but they ha- and they have a driver to drive you around. So they, they, for some reason, pull me to drive him and his SUV was in for like maintenance or something. So I have to pick him up in the Humvee and he's like, doesn't know how to open the door. Can't find the seatbelt. Like he's looking for his helmet. Like he doesn't, there's a stupid rule in the Marine Corps. You have to wear a helmet in, in a Humvee because you might bump your head. <laughs> and he was like why do i have to wear a helmet and i'm like 
your fucking rules, sir. I don't know. You tell me, man. <laughs> um, so like I started to just see how like stupid, the, like I just was really disappointed in it at first. Like, how is it so screwed up and not what it's supposed like? It's not what's on the posters there. It, it's so uh, much, so much you dumber. A, you had expectations <laughs> for the state. Yeah, I really did. I really did. I thought this was like the one place where like was mer- was a meritocracy within the state. And like, cause I was a conservative. So like, I didn't, I, I knew that bur- bureaucracies were stupid and didn't work, but I didn't, Yeah, I thought the Marine Corps was like the one place that was pure meritocracy. And it, Dude, it, it's, it's a good, it's a weird, I kind of saw it that it's like a one third. There was, you know, people that actually gave a fuck and were like drones. They'll do whatever. They'll take orders. They'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. Then there's like maybe like a third. This is what I experienced in the Air Force. Yeah. And there was about a third that were like, after a while, they kind of realized like, yo, this is some bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I got a wife and kid to feed. And I don't have much opportunity back in like Bumblefuck, wherever, United States. Mm-hmm. And my kids got health care and we're whatever. You know, they can kind of like. And then there's a third that realized, yeah, this is bullshit at some point, And they're like, I'm out. Like, fuck this. This is bullshit. And I don't know. Was that your experience in the Marines? Oh, yeah. So I remember the first time I met someone who he was a he was a terminal E6. He like he was he's getting his retirement. You couldn't get him to do a damn thing because he picked up a staff sergeant, which is like the lowest rank you can stay in and get for 20 years and get a retirement. And like. You couldn't, you couldn't, you know, it, I would, I would have expected that from the army, but in the Marine Corps, you would, I didn't expect to like for somebody to be a staff sergeant, these people that you're supposed to really respect and fear, uh, you know, at least if you're an E4, he's an E6, you're supposed to be scared of him. And like, you couldn't ask him, he, you know, you'd find him napping and like, and with a, like a pile of beer cans underneath his desk. You know what I mean? Like, it's like my desk that, in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I remember just, and now like so like i now i i I literally it's there's no other i i try to like go i kind of go hard on conservatives sometimes because like they don't see that it's just a giant welfare state it's it's like a special tier of welfare like if you're like of a if you're of moderate intelligence like if you're in like above the special ed range and and you could fog a mirror and you can run a mile without passing out you know then you can get the special tier of welfare that comes with uh, free health care, free, free college, free food, free housing for you and your kids. You know, as long as you're willing right. to just like do what you're told and maybe die, but probably like 99, like, but you have a better chance of dying on your motorcycle. You buy off base right. than you have of dying in a war. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you're still up, your man. chances, but yeah, it's like this special. <laughs> so like, wait a second, am I anti-war? Shit, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I mean, and and honestly, for like an 18 year old, it's hard to blame somebody. You know, it, for an 18 year old, like it's your absolute economic best option. There's no, there's no better, there's no job that offers that. There's no right. job that offers full benefits plus college afterwards, plus housing and food for your. It pays you more, and God knows it pay you more to have kids. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the ridiculous part. You they have this thing called the basic allowance for housing. So every time you have a kid, well, first you get married, you get, if you're a lower ranking guy, double, it practically doubles your pay and you don't have to do any of the cr- grunt work anymore because you get to go home to your wife on the weekends and live in a house Damn. instead of living on base in a bar in a dorm. You know what I mean? You have to like, it's ridiculous. And then every kid you have, you get more BAH up yeah. to like seven or something. So yeah. where's my nearest Marine? <laughs> you, you should be a recruiter, man. To the recruitment office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it, it's true, but it, like I, I, it's hard to blame. Stimmy's not enough for, like, Take it, yeah. but but like it's just funny that conservatives don't see that. Like you know that we didn't have a standing army until World War One. You can go to the Army's website and they say yep. there was really no army until World War One, and then like people will be like, and conservatives don't recognize like that was Wilson's army this is a mm-hmm. progressive army this is progressivism it's 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 the whole thing when when people gripe like um like that people are griping about having pregnant women in the in the conservatives are griping about pregnant women in the military and what other nonsense you know what i mean it's like you don't know that you're you're everything conservatives do you're simping for a, a progressive program that just uh, like if it's 20 if a progressive program is more than 20 years old it is sacrosanct you know what I mean? And invaluable conser- to conservatives. It's just 
you wouldn't it wouldn't be America anymore if we repealed Medicare. It wouldn't be America anymore if we got rid of the standing army. And it's like you don't even care about the founders. You don't care about the Constitution. You're, you guys are adults, you know. Yeah. One of the things that was impressive about all these countries from Europe and even the, the you know, the Americans at the time, it was always you always had to take time to raise an army like you would declare war and be like, OK, we got to go raise army. We got to we got to get them together. We got to get them trained, get them out and get them out on the front lines. That's why, like, there's this misconception about World War One, how it's like a very slow paced, just the uh, trench warfare. But in the first few months of the war, it was probably one of the most highly mobilized m- wars in history to that point i mean it was insane how they within like a month they had after declaring war they were already going germany was already going through belgium with a whole army and mm-hmm. it was it's crazy to think that way and but yeah there was a time where you had to raise an army and now it's just we're here we're here just yeah. doing you know bullshit work and we're finding things to fight in yeah and then that's why the founders did i mean i you know i don't have a special place in my heart for my con for the constitution anymore but that's why the framers and founders didn't want a standing army in the first place was they knew that it would be a dangerous to, it was like well they're not just going to have them sit around all the time nobody's going to pay for right. that so they're going to find they're going to do what every other bureaucracy does and find something to do with except in the case of like a military bureaucracy what do they have to do is go kill somebody yeah we got to use these somewhere. toys we got to use these toys every now and then because you know what we need more toys because that's what we got to keep it going. Yeah. And then we'll um, sell them to the cops afterwards. It's interesting. Right. It's interesting that you had like a glorified view of the, the Marines when you were young. I mean, the, the movies, I would say, uh, kind of go both ways. There are movies that glorify, but there are a lot of movies like uh, that really show the dark side of uh, or the, a lot of anti-war movies. Did you did you see any of those or were you not? Did you just ignore those like uh Full Metal Jacket comes to mind. I loved, Jarhead. I loved them. That was the yeah. thing. Like, like the, the screwed up thing, especially in uh, this is like um, in Jarhead, the book, he talks about this a uh, good amount. But it's like the paradox of like an anti-war movie is if it's too entertaining, people will just watch the entertaining. Like they'll just watch it for joy and and t- and like see the glory in it. Like, I mean, at Marines love Jar- uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket. They love Full Metal Jacket. They don't even see the anti-war message in it. Wow, you know what I mean? It's it's not even a thing. It's just like what about like Apocalypse Now? I mean, how could you watch that and be like, yeah, the Vietnam War was? You, cool. you just watch up to the part where they start killing a village full of civilians and sing da 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 and ride of the Valkyries and and yeah. just get off on it. And then wow. you and know, also the Pentagon also pays Hollywood and they they review scripts and stuff like that for oh, it's all these new movies. If and, you listen, well, the new movies, yeah, I mean, like yeah. American Even Sniper, then. that's pure propaganda. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think they paid fucking, uh, uh, fuck, drawing a blank, uh, Full Metal Jacket. What's his uh, name? Yeah, Full Metal Jacket, they didn't get help. Um, but, uh, there's, a, there's a, there's All a right. guy named, um, uh, Tom Secker. Uh, his handle is like Spy Culture. And his whole routine is get doing uh, Freedom of Information Act requests on the Pentagon and DHS and ICE and all those agencies, uh, their um, their propaganda arm, their public affairs arm. And he'll get the notes that they've given, like even on movies that they rejected. He does this amazing job because he'll get like, well, we're not going to support this movie. But even then, they might make script suggestions sometimes like, well, if you change this, this and this, we might support your movie. And a lot of times the the producers, the writers keep those suggestions in. So like he traced like um, the uh, the Marine Corps wouldn't do Forrest Gump because I think uh, Forrest Gump was originally supposed to be a Marine. The Marine Corps wouldn't do it. And but the book apparently uh, and this was a change they like put in uh, that they kept in, uh, even though they didn't get army support, um, the book was actually centered around what they called um, McNamara's morons. The fact that uh, they had to lower the IQ standards um, below special ed need, special, can I say the R? <laughs> yeah, say whatever you I think we're saying. Yeah. Be- below retarded. I call Alex that all just, the time. Just, just <laughs> to let, <laughs> just to let, just to meet the draft requirements. Like we, we can't yeah, get right. enough people. So they lowered the numbers and they, they tried to sell it as this social program where they're going to be making these people's lives better and they're going to give them a job skill. But they, they there's a point of IQ where you're a detriment to all the people around you when you're too stupid to know what a landmine is and you're stepping on landmines. So the casualty rates for McNamara's morons went through the roof. Um, 
the suicides afterwards, drug addiction, all these horrible outcomes. And the, and the, and the book where you have like Bubba's really pretty stupid, right? And Forrest Gump is really stupid. It was supposed to be about McNamara's morons and how terrible that was for those people. Mm. Um, and that just got completely written out, even though the army, even though that was rejected, um, even though the army didn't support that movie, which is surprising because everyone ended up loving it. But um, but there's all kinds of crazy stories like that um, where the army and even um, a lot of the there's a new show that's going to like be about the DEA or something. The DEA is doing um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be called Coyote or something like that. Uh, it's going to be about um, how great ice is because they're stopping human trafficking. Oh, oh God. And, and they're getting. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm not. Everything's well, all yeah, and, every, and the DHS is all on board. They're like throwing money in helicopters at, and everything they can to support this like propaganda. Oh, yeah. I mean, every day you like show on CBS that's after named after one of the alphabet gangs. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All of that, yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. is it gets it gets support, script writing support, suggestions, yeah. technical recommendations, all kinds of stuff. Do you think that in the absence of Trump, the the neoconservatives are sort of regrouping here, and um, I don't know, mounting another? I mean, they might have another candidate or multiple candidates coming up in the next election. I don't know. It's weird. So, like, on. In the Twitterverse, there's a bunch of like neocons popping up, and there's this like ongoing battle between anarchy Twitter and whatnot. In the real world, you got the Lincoln yeah, Project, who like, up. who, <laughs> uh, you know, include the neocon branch. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're. I think they made like they're. I don't know. You know, they they seem to be okay with Biden. They're not like you know they're not upset by what he's doing. Really, he has made some decent moves. He cut off things with yet. He cut off like some the worst things that we were doing in Yemen. You know what I mean? He still hasn't like done exactly the right thing, but like it's hard to know what he's going to do. Now. And he's trying to avoid doing the JCPOA. There's actually going to be a protest in Annapolis on Tuesday uh, against the against uh, one of the congressmen from Maryland, Brown, who's uh, who's trying to like slow roll the going back to the peace deal or the you know nuclear deal with Iran. He's trying to block that. Um, and there's, I think it's going to be on Tuesday. There's going to be a protest against him doing that, but I don't know. Then I think the neocons, the hawkish wing, I don't think the populist anti, the other populist anti-war Republicans, I don't think are going to go very far without like, cause it was a slogan that worked for Trump. Right. But how, like, and people still think he didn't like that. He was a, some kind of peacenik like these right. Republicans. It did help. I think it might help for libertarians to be able to maybe skim some of the anti-war conservative-ish people like MAGA type, like some of the people who like got licensed to be anti-war and conservative from Trump. We might be able to skim some off of them, you know, Um, but that comes with some baggage too. Yeah. They'll still be (laughs) Q-tards. Neoconservatives used to really get my blood boiling uh, in back when I was younger. I guess they still do. Um, but it's just that it seems like we haven't in started a new major war in the last five years. So I, I just haven't really or even longer than that. I just haven't felt that uh, annoyance that I get with them when it's like, OK, w- there's really no good reason why you're trying to pick this fight. No good reason why you're doing this. This is going to cost a lot of money and lives. And they're so stupid. But the reason I get so angry with them is because they should be smart. You know, it's not the grunts or the the people that are actually doing it that I get mad at. It's the the John McCain's and the Liz Cheney's of the world that it's like, you know, you should know better. You know what you're sending these people into. You know what you're getting us into. This is a horrible idea. And and they really make me mad. Um, and also the people in the media, the cheerleaders in the media. I'm trying to – it was a Ruben. I think her name was Ruben and uh, – mm-hmm. You guys remember Jennifer her or something? Jennifer. Jennifer yeah, I think yeah. that's it. I, I'm trying to remember, but there's just a handful of them in there. You know, I mean, they just they're so aggressive in foreign policy. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And like, so I listened to this. Um, there's a this is really nerdy, but there's a thing, something called the Naval Institute. It's like and, and this they do like basically they're like a think tank grown out of the Naval Academy. And um, they're always they did talk about naval policy and how many ships we should have and who should be our adversary and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think they're so happy, at least from the Navy side, 
they are so happy to be like trying to trump up war with China. I mean, the China thing is growing and they, they, they see a big boom coming in. Like they literally talk in terms of when there's war, they don't, they don't talk about if they talk about when, when there's a war with China, when you listen to them, they, they really do think that at some point, like our 12 carriers are going to go toe to toe with their three carriers and it'll all, and they really think that's going to happen. I, I'm telling you. They, and then, they, the, and, and then China will got, just take out all 12 with their sea skimming missiles, supersonic yeah. missiles. And that'll be the it, end of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Like they, 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 you know, they talk about how they, you know, they're China's outbuilding us because they're willing to accept an 80 percent decent ship. And we, we, you know, we spend so much we spend an extra 10 billion dollars to build a 95 percent good ship. Right. And they just crank out. They cranked out like 300 ships in the last two years or three years or something. And. Yeah. And they're really, they really think there's going to be something, and that's you know mildly disconcerting to say the least. We need yeah. a good, we need a good jobs program here on the home front, you know, yeah. with all these yeah. jobs yeah. lost. We need to build six hundred more ships. We gotta, you know, these are good jobs for my my con- my congressional district that'll bring back jobs to yeah. the American working man. You know, yeah. it does uh, seem like it's misguided the 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 stuff they build i mean the warfare in the middle east is like it's urban uh it's it's uh i i e uh ieds not iud's ied you had it right anyway i mean it's like it's the the giant uh the planes and the aircraft carriers and the stuff of world war ii those uh you know na- nation versus nation kind of stuff the modern wars haven't really been like that. They've been, uh, you know, you're fighting a, um, a terrorist group and you're dealing with cells that blend in with the population and you don't know where they are, where they're coming from. And um, that to me is more like what modern warfare is like. But yet we spent, uh, what, a trillion dollars or more on that that new plane, the <laughs> F- F-45, I think it was. Uh, or something. F-35, or, uh, yeah. F-35. F-35. And the F-22. And, and you know what's crazy about, you, you know, like, their response, was they, they've acknowledged it's been a complete failure. So you know what they need to do? Like, and they even talked about, um, the, the Air Force General talked about how, well, you know, we tried, we started, we, want, we started with a clean sheet. We didn't want to start with some other program that existed and add things onto it. We started, we wanted to start with our own design from scratch. And, and, and we just bolted too many things onto it. And then in the same breath, he says, so we're, we're going to have to do start all over from scratch. Mm. And so they want it, they want a new aircraft that's going to cost less and there'll be more of them, which is exactly what they said about the F-35. The F-35 was going to be the low cost, yeah. versatile, uh, multi-role, like not the F-22. The F-22 is like the, the fighter aircraft for lack of a better term. And it's like the, the Cadillac. And they mm. wanted the F-35 to be like something just below that. And, and it, and it just went off the chains. It's been 20 years, trillions of dollars. It's been the most expensive military procurement program in history, more than the Manhattan Project. Um, and it's an abject failure. I, you can't. You don't even know how bad it is. It can't go out in the rain. It can't go out if there's thunder. It can't go out. It can't, it can't shoot its gun or it'll break nope. the frame of the aircraft. They'll completely have to scrap the aircraft because they didn't want to put it. The Air Force hates guns for some reason. They want to take all the guns out of all their planes. Um Wait, then how does it a fighter jet? Uh, like missiles and bombs. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. but no um, point. <laughs> but there's this hard on that ground troops have for having a gun on things, and, it, and it's supposed to be joint. So, so yeah, if it shoots the gun, which it only has like 60 rounds or 120 rounds for the gun in the first place, which would last for like a split second because they don't want to put, they didn't want to put it in there in the first place. Um, but it'll break the frame of the plane. Um, the what other things are wrong with the it? radar doesn't work. Yeah, the radar doesn't work. That it, it has this like several million dollar helmet that the pilots have yeah. to wear that like yeah. gives them like 3D awareness, except oh, it won't Jesus work Christ. with the plane at all. And it's oh, so heavy God, that dude. if the pilot had to eject, it would snap their neck. Mm. Yep. Um, <laughs> if so, the pilot goose, can eject, but he'll die. No. Yeah. No. Goose. It, goose. What else is wrong? Uh, with it? it can't. It, it can't. It's stealthy until it goes. Super, if it has to go fast, if it has to go supersonic, the stealth the uh, paint on it will just chip right off, and so it won't be stealthy it, it, anymore. It turns. It can't turn yeah. either. It has hard. T- it's dude. Uh, it's, hard it's, 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 like, it's oh, and the and then and the Marine Corps version of it, which is the one that can take off like vertically, it has, like, like, extra, like, it has an extra engine in it. Like, yeah, like it catches Harry. fire randomly. 
Um, <laughs> and, nice. Like several of them picture. have burned up and like already like a good number have crashed and we only have like 200 in the first place. So like something like 5% of the ones that were ever going to be built have already crashed. Mm. It's, it's the most absurd thing and they're going to start all over and do it again. Yeah. Why not? You know, <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's what tournament, like just being in, in the air force when I was stationed over in England and there was uh three squadrons of F-15s where I was stationed and they were flying day in and day out, like on training missions and everything, just like just constantly flying. I mean, I'm just like racking in my head, the amount of maintenance and the amount of time and the amount of manpower just to keep these planes, just constantly just training, 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 training. So like, continue these deployments it's like oh my god the money it's fucking yeah. insane it's i had no insane i had no idea how much like maintenance uh an air force and even like a low maintenance air force like you know like so like there's the there's the national guard air force base in maryland it has something like 1200 1500 people on it it takes all of them to keep 20 airplanes in the sky and when they deploy and when they deploy when they deployed last out of after for four months they deployed by the end of four months only two of them were like safe to be flyable wow because they use them so intensely over there and it's desert conditions and they can't keep up with all the maintenance and all this like um like that's how maintenance intensive it is and how many like workers it takes just to keep a handful of aircraft in the in the sky it i I had no idea it's fucking insane like it's like when i when i saw it from afar just from a level from a maintainer from Mm -hmm. like uh, a machinist and welder and seeing like all that goes into like the flight crews to keep and the amount of time and maintenance and man hours to, to, to time in the air. It's like, what the fuck? And you're just thinking about like how much that costs. And it's just, yeah, dude, it's like, it's a fucking racket. Like, it's so crazy. Yeah. This is insane. Like anybody that can see that and, and, can see just the fucking welfare and the misappropriation of funds and money and like the cronyism and the military industrial complex. You're like, fuck this. I'm out. I can't deal with this. Like, this is gross. This is gross. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes from the philosophy though. It stems from the people at the top who, you know, believe in that, that um, exercise. It's the John McCain's of the world, the Liz Cheney's, the Congress people and the senators and the executive office that they, those people have the power to stop all of that. You know, the executive does have the, has the power to stop all of that. Trump could have stopped it. Biden could stop it. You just say, Hey, you know, we're, we're reeling our forces back in, you know, we're not going to have all this, this stuff anymore. It's amazing how much power those, those people have. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I mean, it has in part to do with just like nobody wants to be the one. You know, there's that the defend the guard uh, bill. Have you guys heard of that? Mm-mm. Yeah, man, you've been you've been talking about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a that that's an, a thing of mine. It I, it hasn't taken off the ground in Maryland, but um, there's 31 states that have introduced it, and the idea is, and I testified in for in South Dakota, you know, via Zoom or whatever for it. Um, there's 31 states that are introducing it this year. The idea is that if they're trying and we'll see, you know, it, it, it might, it might get tested in the Supreme court and all that, or maybe not. But the idea is if it gets passed, that state's national guard is not deployable for combat. They can send it overseas for training. They can send it overseas for any other junk they want, but it can't be sent to what they call title 10 or combat operations unless a war is declared, unless Congress declares, unless they put their name on the line and declare war. Cause right now we have these AUMFs, which basically was like the Congress unconstitutionally, which that's never been tested, but saying that the president can use force if he wants to, which like completely undoes the concept of declaring war in the first place. But it says this state's guard can't be used unless Congress you know, nuts up and declares war. Yeah. Which and is a real handcuff, is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would really be a handcuff. I mean, if one, there's a, there's a national guard air unit in every, in every state and they'd rely on them for lots of stuff. And like, peak of the war like there's like 30 anywhere between 30,000 and 50,000 guard troops deployed every year like South Dakota has had a guard member deployed every all but 42 days since 2001 wow. like just South Dakota's National Guard so like and like you know they do stuff crazy stuff like you know um this summer while the fires were going on in Oregon um they deployed the firefighting helicopters that the Oregon National Guard had to Afghanistan <laughs> wow 
um, so the idea, and we're trying to make this pitch to like state, like Florida might, you know, Florida, it's introduced in Florida. That's a big state where maybe it has a chance. Hawaii is supposed to have a good shot of actually passing it. But the idea would be even if one state does it, like you get a few things out of it. You get your state delegates like thinking and talking about this and putting their name on there before they try to level up to Congress. Like they've got to stick it out there. They also aren't like as in on the military industrial complex at the state delegate level. So like they're not like, you know, beholden to the Lockheed Martin facility. But even then what's happening is in like West Virginia and South Dakota, they, the, the threat is that they'll have their base shut down. And it's then there will be a thousand people on there will be a thousand people unemployed from that state's base, National Guard base. But it's like, well, first of all, do you think the co- congressmen lose their seats when their base, when the base in their district gets shut down? So if they're really going to punish a state by shutting down its base, they're like also giving up that congressman to, you know, people will get mad about it. You know what I mean? So like there's a it's it's somebody's got to call their bluff and see and and see like how really bad is it that. Oh, you threatened to shut down a base. But if a few states do it, the beauty of it is if a few states do it at the same time, they, they can't do that to like five states. You want to move an Air Force unit, like especially a National Guard or Air Force unit, a National, Air National Guard unit. Those are people that like they stay in the same place. Active duty military, they have to move every three years to a new place. Right. They, 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 they move them from place to place pretty regularly. So that's what you hear about, like people being transient in the military. You know, National Guardsmen, they stay at the same unit for 40 years. Some of them, you know what I mean? At the same unit, they never leave. And they like, you know, they, they learn and they level up, but they stay in the same place. You want to shut that down and move it to another state because they're not going to get rid of all the planes or anything. They're going to move them to another state. You've got to either get that guy to move like all of those guardsmen to move or train them. And it takes like two years to train an aircraft maintainer. Some like an, an engine mechanic or something like that. That's like a, a two year job to train to find recruit somebody and train them. And they have to put all these bonuses out there. So if they really want to shut a base down to fight, defend the guard, uh, y- you got to call their bluff. Cause I don't think they'll really do it. But if a few States do it, it becomes impossible because they can't just like shut down 10 bases across the country all at once. You know what I mean? So that's so, the representative's fear is that their base is going to get shut down. If they pa- if they sign that bill, right, or if they yeah yeah the state that. delegates in like West Virginia were just griping about it, like our base is going to get shut down if we you know you can't vote for this. It's at like fifty fifty. It's deadlocked for like the last two years. It's been deadlocked at fifty fifty in West Virginia to pass it. But like they took our jobs. Yeah, they're afraid that they're going to lose their federal government welfare for a few of their yeah. people, and and they don't want to pass it. But it's get it's growing because it started seven years ago in one state. And it's like 31 states introducing it now. And more and more, they're getting closer and closer to being 50-50 in a few states. Um, South Dakota punted on it, which pissed me off because I testified. And But but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the trouble with getting a lot of libertarian policy proposals through is you've got all these people that are basically getting money, right? They're on the dole. They're, they're, they have jobs. They, they're getting uh, collecting welfare or they're collecting checks one way or another. And if, if we get our way, that that money gets cut off. So they, you know, they don't want to, they don't want that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's hard even, to cut spending. Yeah. I really thought that like in Maryland, it would be like a slam dunk because like, okay, it's hyper progressive. And I, and this is last year when Trump was still in office. I was like, you could stick a finger in th- Trump's eye and be like, he didn't end any wars, but we did. Fuck you. you yeah. Know what I mean, like they just, they stonewalled me like almost immediately. So I think I need, I, I'm still gonna, I still try to bug them, but yeah. Um, I, th- I tried to maybe see if I could figure out how to do it this year, but you know, maybe next year. That was a we'll smart see. spin on it. You know, this is going to stick it to Trump, you know? Yeah. But I mean, they're probably thinking, well, Trump's going to be out soon and then we're, we don't want to handcuff our guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I feel like that might've been part of it. I feel like they, um, yeah. And Maryland, I feel like is one of those States that's immune to like the threat of shutting down a base. Like, what are they going to do? Shut down the NSA? Like, go ahead, make my fucking day. <laughs> Shut down Fort Detrick or Air Force One, uh, you know, Andrews Air Force Base with Air Force One. Like, what are you going to shut down? What can you do to me? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that's my, that was my, like, grind. That's why I originally even, like, started getting active. Before that, I just kind of sat in my, like, hole and screamed about liberty to myself <laughs> and then like that learning about that bill i was like there's something we could try to do to make something happen that got me moving you know um, you got some 
we got some feedback, some music. Yeah, I don't Phil's know. got some like fucking like little kid music going on. Yeah. Um. So I sorry I just left. I know I don't want to change the topic topic yeah. completely, but my daughter's been having night terrors lately, oh. and she just like woke sprung up. I have her monitor here like next to me, and she sprung oh. up screaming. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I had to like run in there and like <laughs> talk her through it. And so I just turned up the microphone. So I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, I'm back. But I, I had my no headphones in so I could hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> sorry if that sorry for that distraction. No, that's cool. I All think right. I, 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 got, I just I just ranted for about 30 minutes. So <laughs> yeah, what's this miss much? <laughs> yeah, we got the 45 minutes in. Um, we had like 12 topics on the board for tonight. Uh, It'll be a healthy after hours, man. Yeah, man. Um, Everyone should subscribe. What do you guys yeah. want? But, uh, I guess we can get. Let's talk about this uh, Meghan Markle thing. You want to? You want to touch on that, Kyle? You're the one who watched like all of it. Uh, right? Yeah, you're the sucker. Yeah. So my my girlfriend came home one night and she like puts uh, the Meghan Markle Oprah Winfrey interview on immediately as soon as she got home and I was like, what's this? And this oh was before gosh. like the aftermath happened where everybody was talking about it. So um, we start watching it and uh, yeah, it's um, I don't follow the royal family for disclo- full disclosure. I know I know nothing about them and. I just, you know, we have our own celebrities here, and I, I know more about the Kardashians than the royal family. But anyway, so I guess uh, Harry and Meghan That's sort, sad. Of, <laughs> sort sad. of, yeah, they sort of defected to uh, the United States. They are not really um, part of the family anymore. I mean, I guess, I guess you're always part of it, but. Um, Anyway, so they did this like tell-all interview with Oprah, and uh, and Markle um, basically insinuated or accused the royal family of racism. Uh, apparently, she's half black, and they were saying that the family was concerned about how dark her baby was going to be, and she felt like they were no context not- provided. Yeah, either none. This could have been like well, a joke or I something mean, like a shitty person just said. Like it could just be an off cut. Like yeah, who knows how that conversation could have went? And it's yeah. just a simple fact that like wow, way to rat out your fucking family who paid like millions, giving you millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like I don't know. It just it seems like it's there was just I don't know. There wasn't like he was like oh that fucking stupid ugly bitch. She's probably gonna look like you and you know you have your skin color. I'm sure that's not how it went, but who knows? Who fucking knows? I mean, they, they drink adrenochrome, and how many times has the one guy been to Epstein Island? I mean, you have high expectations of these, of the royal family there. Yeah, the one guy is like, yeah, what's the, is it Andrew? Is like, was in he looks at like Epstein's the Island keeper. like 70 yeah. times or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. Flyer. Yeah. Then there's like the dude that's like 95 years old, and he's like still alive, and he looks like he's wearing like three human skins that are like, is he yeah. the one that Sewn flipped together. the car? To, he like flipped his SUV like a year or two ago too. I I only get the stuff secondhand, but like Possibly. I feel like yeah, one of the old no one of the really old no ones way. like was like driving like a lunatic and flipped his truck or something Dude, like that. The royal family are reptilians and they're losing <laughs> control of what's going on. And so of course. Well, they- they they probably couldn't have her blood like have her screwing up like not even with the black not even with, like the skin color thing it was probably really about like is she going to come out like a lizard or not you know what I mean <laughs> too much human DNA in that one we need to cro- yeah. we need a crossbreed again I'm gonna make you yeah, true royal followers uh, you know cringe because I really don't I don't follow the tabloids I don't know anything about them so but I do know a little yeah, bit about this podcast I, I, know I did a watch the crown of, so I know yeah. a lot. <laughs> I know a little bit about like SJWs and these sort of the way these people work with their, um, you know, the racism accusations and trying to rip people down. And it's very effective. So I, I think that her accusations are, you know, probably embarrassing to them. And I'm sure they're under fire for it. And Oprah ate it up. And uh, I, I did read one article. The guy was saying, you know, it's like here you have Meghan Markle, who's like totally privileged, living this life of luxury, talking to Oprah, who is also like, a, you know, totally rich, you know, and talking about, you know, yeah, a billionaire with the, a millionaire. Sorry. Yeah, they're, they're playing the, the victim card, you know, and it's like, you know, oh, they, might, they were trying. They were trying so hard. It was uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah. But people ate really that shit up, fun. though. Honestly, I'm yeah. disappointed, disappointed she didn't have anything more scandalous. You know what I mean? That's, right. it. That's all you could like, come up with got, is like, like oh, they some, might be some racist. Impolite uh, questions about their, like, some 90, yeah, some 90 year old 
friggin' half German, Schleswig van Holstein or whatever the hell their actual name is because they had to change it because it was too German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, like changed, they changed it a hundred years ago. Yeah, their name was too German. Like some ninety-year-old half German racist asked about the baby's skin color. Like that's the worst <laughs> you've got on them. Actually, that's not you know you right. were. <laughs> wasn't Kyle, wasn't there something about her like you know talking about committing suicide and all this shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently that, you know, she was saying like, well, she just puts on a front, puts on a happy face for the cameras. But behind the scenes, you know, she's uh, she's thinking about slitting her wrists, I guess, or something. I don't know. But, you know, I think it's all just attention seeking. And, um, you know, it really made me glad we don't have a royal family here. I mean, it, we have the Kardashians. It's, it's, it's bad we enough. We have the Bidens. You know? They're like the royal yeah, family we, now. Yeah, like we do. She's we not a do. real doctor, though. We had the Trumps, we have the Bidens, but like at least it at least it's over, right? You get four years and then you move on. Um, yeah. I just am really glad we don't have that uh, endless drama. The, and then, and also the thing that bothers me, I guess, as a libertarian, is like the way they put them up on a pedestal. You know, it's royalty. You're a princess, and you're, you know, you're a king or whatever. I, I just don't like that. Um, it kind of the aristocracy. Kings. You know, wow. that was something I think it was good that we got rid of. So. So, so you're not going to go hop? You're not going to go uh, anarcho monarchist hop style anytime soon? <laughs> no, hang no, out I with the not. Prince of Liechtenstein. Yeah, which is the craziest uh, contradiction there to be a, a narco. You're an anarchist and a monarchist. Like that's totally contradictory. But anyway, yeah, not not a fan. So I'm going to go back to not following the royal family now. I'm I miss like the debate groups. Yeah, the, yeah, because that was like, oh, dude, that 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 would be such great meme fodder, you know, yeah. with like Kyle and the Oprah watching the Oprah interview, <laughs> <laughs> like the memes. Yeah, somebody got like uh, I posted something in the Mises Caucus group. I got like laughed a uh, fi- hundred and seventeen laugh reacts to my comment. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Not friendly territory here. Is this where you said uh, you're the uh, status Lorax? (laughs) No, Phil. No. I said that to you as a joke, and he screen capped it on me. (laughs) I laughed so hard. Yeah. Like, I speak for the state. (laughs) Yeah. It was such a cheesy joke. But yeah, in libertarian groups, you know, um, you know, Mises, uh, the state was the center of his philosophy, and I try to stand up for the state, for the need for a state, not our, not our particular government usually, but in libertarian groups, it never goes over well. I'm, uh, anyway, <laughs> I got a, and here's, I'm, I'm going to peel back the, I don't know, did you get a warning from that? Me? Yeah. From, uh, from the Mises caucus? Yeah. Uh, no. I was I mean, informed personally that you were warned once before about making it a debate group. And then oh. I also got, and then um, I also got another message last night from someone in the Mises caucus saying, is Kyle, does, if I remove Kyle from the group, <laughs> would this, would this hurt you in any way? And I was like, no. he's my friend, he's my buddy. I was, yeah. like, he's, I was like, I'm not, you know, and uh, that, like, that right, is just fine, we'll so ridiculous, him. you know, to, to me, it's ridiculous, but I, I understand. All right. I'll uh, dial it back, I guess. But I mean, if they end up removing me, they end up removing me. I mean, ultimately it's, it, they really are Rothbardian, right? It's a Rothbardian group. And that's why There's a lot of respect for the Rothbard. All right. Yeah, it, it is a Rothbardian group. And that's why my stuff like they just one guy stuck up for me. You know, one guy was like, oh, somebody comes in here agreeing with Mises and quoting Mises. And it's like, you can't really jump pile on him for quoting Mises, you know, and actually agreeing with Mises's position in a Mises group. Hold and, my uh, beer. Yeah, that guy was cool. But the rest of them. Yeah, I don't Is know. Is this the the the, fa- the Facebook or the Discord? It's Facebook. It's uh, Facebook. I can't keep up with that, man. I cannot. Yeah. I I don't. I get on Facebook like once a week max, and I look at it, and I'm like 400 messages. I'm I'm not I'm not going back through that. <laughs> yeah, I argue uh, both with libertarians. I spend a lot of time arguing with communists about unions lately. Um, <laughs> we've been on a union pick because I guess Amazon is. Uh, hey, thank you for I, your service, Kyle. Yeah. Right. Well, people don't I'm realize that. with communists. I don't get any credit for that. You know, libertarians is hate on. But then yeah. it's like. 
They all need to be thrown from hell. I hear you say that, and I'm like, ugh. Like, I can't imagine a worse way to use your time. And then this week, I probably spent something like 40 hours arguing with neocons on Twitter. So, like, I can't, I'm in no real position to judge. (laughs) Thank you for your service, too, Scott. God. Also doing the Lord's work, right? I mean, yeah, you're arguing with the neocons. Equally valid, but. Yeah. So, but I I had your back. I had your back in that in that group. I told him I was like, I can vouch for him as a Mesessian and as a friend. I'm like, I can Thank vouch you, for Phil. that guy. So Thank you. I, hopefully you didn't public. get kicked out still. <laughs> yeah. So, I wonder who it was because Luke Enzer, he he's he has got uh he's a little uh he doesn't on like the, it. On the spectrum. It wasn't him. It was wow. not him. Oh no. All right. All right. That's so it's like, come on, guys. Like we know this guy. All right. Yeah. He's a good no, guy. They, I know. He's a good fellow. He knows they don't yeah, they, they don't do not know like me. the status Lorax. I mean, he's just a lovable character. I well, yeah, no, you know why? He's, Dr. he's one of us. Dr. Seuss. You're, that was a Dr. Seuss reference, and Dr. we don't put Sust. up with racists. So, <laughs> yeah. So no, I wasn't. I shouldn't have made that. I guess I shouldn't have posted that comment in there because uh, they they did tell me years ago. I guess I kind of forgot, but they were like, you know, don't turn this into a big debate group. Dude, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what I was told. They're like, we don't like debate groups between Minarchy and Anarchy. This is about advancing the Mises Caucus and the Mises Caucus uh-huh. and the Libertarian Party. But yep. you're right. Yep. And we're all Rothbardians in there. And, you know, we don't. I like to I like to needle a little bit sometimes. I do. I know. You do. Oh, hadn't noticed, Kyle. <laughs> I had not noticed. If only your debate groups weren't zucked. So, yeah. Guys, yeah. guys, we didn't uh, we didn't hit on it. What are you guys going to do with those Biden bucks? They're about to drop. What are you doing with your stimmy? What are you doing with your don't you know? Please don't boogaloo bucks. <laughs> Boogalooing. Should I buy? Should I buy Bitcoin? Do it. Know. Yes, Kyle. Come on, it's it's free money. A thousand dollars. Just go ahead. Drop. Oh, it's not yours. Don't worry. It's gonna be worth like two hundred dollars. I mean, that's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Are we buying Bitcoin near the highs? Oh. Diminishing marginal utility, and then, and then if now, I man. don't do it, and then it, you know, it hits. Uh, what? When does uh, John McAfee? He said it's going to hit a million dollars, right? You know, I guess That's the time. Happen, like, it, can can you short it? Yeah. How about you short Bitcoin? <laughs> I'd be scared to do that, man. I look at it every day, and it's like, oh, Bitcoin's oh, yeah, up like, another five percent. You know, when it broke sixty k, there was like millions of shorts that were busted on that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I've been terrible too. I. I mean, we're saving money to do like to buy a house and stuff like that. So it's like there's a million, but there's also money I piss away. On. I hate myself. I don't have any Bitcoin yet. I, I. I'm terrible because like I want the perfect system always. I don't. I don't. I never do anything because I want the perfect thing. So like I've got to get figure out how to build a node, how to have a cold wallet, how to have everything so like it could be offline with a solar panel in case the power goes out. And once <laughs> I have all enough money to build the perfect like Bitcoin system, then I might buy one Bitcoin. And it'll be worth have, like 120 grand at that point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, so instead, instead of actually just going out and spending like $10 on a Satoshi or, or not, I don't even know what, you know, like I don't even start. It's, um, I'm an idiot. I, 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 for like five like years, I've been saying the same stupid thing. Right. You could just and, be like me who has no clue what a note is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm constantly, I'm bothering either Jared or a car from the uh, time. And I was going to bother you. I was going to go ask you how to do it. No. <laughs> I'll, def- I'll defer you to Jared or a car from Timeline Earth because those are the only two people I bug about it. I'm like, so what do I do with this? What do I do with that? What do I do with that? Tell me what to buy. And I'm like, I need to know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to Coinbase. I'm just keep on buying. They're like, you want to buy more Bitcoin? I'm like, yes, buy more, buy more, buy more. <laughs> Every time it dips a little bit, it, it like dipped. Dude, it like did like this major plunge like a few hours ago to like 58. Like just immediately. Like, it was at like 60 something. It just dropped to like 58. I was like, buy, 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 buy. $10 right now. Buy it. Jeez. You just got to buy them dips, man. Buy the wave. Now you got and that stimmy coming, bro. I'll figure it out later, man. I'll figure it out later. I just got to get it off the get it off the uh, the exchange. Yeah. And, and once I figure that out. Meanwhile, gold has gone like down, you know. Yeah. And I'm like. The supposed oh, hedge, man. right? Yeah, that's what I thought was going to do well, you know, because you hear these stories like um, what Scott was saying with the spending on the F-35 and and the stimulus, the the two trillion. You're like, they're just we know they're creating money like crazy. Like, how does this not impact the dollar more? How is the dollar holding up? I don't know. It's crazy. 
it's astounding. There are these moments I literally sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and think there's two things that like scare me most <laughs> more than anything in the world. Like one of them is that that like maybe like MMT is right and they could just print money infinitely and maybe like we're just been completely wrong the whole time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like literally there have been times I woke up in the middle of the night and be like, fuck. Like, is this working? <laughs> Does this actually work? <laughs> And like on a related note, and literally, this is ridiculous. I'm a ridiculous person, but I've literally woken up in the middle of the night and been like, like sometimes I've had this, I've had this stupid theory that the that there's like that with the military you see the F-35 and like all the military you see is just like a well, it's it's a it's a limited hangout, it's it's a welfare program. And then there's like maybe 30 people with some kind of fucking alien spaceship technology we've never even seen or heard of before that do all the actual work of the military. Cause the military is so fucked. It can't get anything done, but like maybe, maybe actually a government can work. It just has to be a small secret. Cause no one's actually going to believe it works as well as it really does. Like we could just have like, you know, when, um, when they killed, when they killed bin Laden, they, they had a helicopter. Nobody had ever seen before they crashed it. But like when they killed bin Laden on that raid, they crashed a stealth helicopter that literally like no one had ever seen that helicopter before in the history of the world until like a part of it was broken, hanging off the back of like his uh, like they, they smacked into the wall with the tail and the tail broke off. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, and then they had to pick up. They used another helicopter to pick up the carcass of the helicopter and fly it away. But the tail was left there. And that's like, well, no one's ever seen that before. So like there could be shit like that that's completely secret, just like the. Gulf of Tonkin, like something like 20,000 people knew the Gulf of Tonkin thing was fake, but they still kept quiet. You know what I mean? For, for decades until Daniel's Daniel Ellsberg did. So like, there's a part of me that's afraid somewhere in the deep recesses of like the Pentagon, there's like 20 people who know what the fuck they're actually doing and are actually getting everything done. You know what I mean? And, and, and literally I've woken up like in a night terror over it. Like, <laughs> fuck, what if government does work? God damn it. <laughs> Damn, holy shit. I, I went back in the docks. That was like, that raid was May 4th, 2011. I know. And it's, it's like, like 10 God years damn. of them faking. And that shit was so fake as fuck. Because <laughs> out of <laughs> reverence, out of reverence, you know, because you know what? We're going to send the most elite SEAL team group in here, right? And we're going to get the guy responsible for 9-11 and all, like the worst terrorist attack on on our like soil and we're going to go in there and we're going to whack them and then we're we're not going to round up any anybody not figure things out then out of respect we're going to give him a burial at sea like get the fuck out of here are you serious <laughs> you know that was the like, last fist fight i was he in he was like on night. dialysis like he was on dialysis like he was barely alive like all those pictures that they would always yeah. bring up of like here's like it was always these pictures of bin Laden surfacing and it's like wait a minute he looks completely different in this. Or like, I don't know. It's just like well, such propaganda. There's no such thing as Osama bin Laden. He's just CGI. <laughs> Can't even I believe think it was Obama. It. it was Obama bin Laden. <laughs> no, no, nah, dude. It was it was John. It was a uh, what you know. Um, George Bush was in Twin Towers with thermite paint, just going up and down the staircase. That's <laughs> exactly. all he was doing. One hundred percent. You know, you know such got a fight over that. Huh? Oh, it this? was so Why don't we talk about this on the after hours because okay. uh, we're getting out of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear this story. <laughs> Sorry, suckers. You got to fork over a dollar if you want to hear uh, Scott tell a story about how he beat some guy's ass because he believed in Osama bin Laden. <laughs> one, one shekel. Just one shekel. One whole shekel. Yeah. Just so, guys, um, we, well, like you said, we do an after hours podcast right after this. Um, if you guys want to check it out, please go over to our Patreon, sign up, little as dollar a month. If you sign up for like, we have different levels. Get yourself a free T-shirt. Looks like we're gonna probably trying to get some new designs on these T-shirts sometime soon, in the near future. Some new merch for you guys to pick up. Oh shit! But, um, and if you guys don't want to give out uh, to Patreon because you have something morally against them, or you'd rather give us Bitcoin, uh, go over to prlfans.com to find out other ways to donate to the show. Yeah. Um. We also have, like we said, we have t-shirts for sale over at libertariancountry.com. If you use the code PRL or PRL podcast, you'll get yourself a 10% discount. If you spend over $50, you guys will get yourself a uh, 20% discount with the code PRL2. Tonight has been brought to you by Moral Bob's podcast, Hidden in Plain Sight. 
please go over and check him out. Peace be with you all. And until next time, live free or die. You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can put freedom in death point in a fine land You support the troops, then bring them home I believe the jokes will do the best for you And I believe that we have the power, have the power Not aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes absolute!